MYP fam, what's going on? My name is Hector Santi Esteban and I am your host. And today is another episode that, well, I think you're gonna love. And most importantly, because this is something that can not only get you more downloads, not only grow your show, but can actually help you make money. And I know not every podcaster gets in the game wanting to make money and it's not all about making money. But if you can actually make some money from doing something that you love, well, why wouldn't you? And so today's episode is going to talk about how to do that in a non-traditional, not so obvious way. And our guest is Lucas Capistani. And he's someone who, since this recording, me and him have started working really closely with because the topic that he talks about today is frankly revolutionary. And it's something that I think you're not going to want to miss out on. So we talk about really how you can leverage and monetize your podcast in a not so traditional way. I don't want to give away too many secrets. I know you're going to love today's interview. It was actually taken from a podcast AMA, a live recording that we had. And so we're going to have more of those. If you guys want to come to those, go to podcastama.com. You can get signed up for all the info. But without further ado, let's get into this interview with Mr. Lucas Capistani. So welcome, man. I'm going to let you go. Do you do the introduction? Because I might miss some stuff. I'll try and I'll try and give you guys a, a broad overview. I got connected with Lucas a while ago, much in the same way that we had connected with a lot of you guys on LinkedIn and Twitter. And one thing that I was really drawn to is, is Lucas and I both kind of came in from the, the marketing space. We also went to the, to the same college and he has created a community of business owners that... Um, and and he's built it on you know kind of on the back of a, of a podcast and he's you know he's ran a successful podcast and and what I really love about this is that if you were to look at the podcast you wouldn't necessarily say hey this guy is monetizing his show there's not a bunch of sponsors coming in it's done in a very very unique way so Lucas why don't I throw it to you why don't you give us kind of a little yeah. bit about what you do and then also kind of how you think about the podcast and how the podcast fits into kind of your general business ecosystem that you've got going so a little bit of backstory myself I started my marketing agency almost five years ago now so we launched in 2018 I started out my college dorm room like Hector said out of Loyola Marymount University. I wasn't really paying attention. Senior year, I was kind of checked out. So I just started running my business, started scaling it up. And for the first three and a half years, we didn't do any content at all. It was just all focused on delivering for our customers, growing our business. And we got new customers primarily from word of mouth and from reaching out to people. We were able to grow that business pretty quickly. And because of the growth of that company, I took it upon myself and my business partners to launch a podcast called How to Scale an Agency. And that podcast is pretty self-explanatory. We share stories from top agencies on how they are able to grow their business. And so we highlight agencies you know, who are just starting out all the way up into $150 million a year in revenue. That's the biggest one I've interviewed so far. The company is called Scorpion. I had a chance to interview their uh, chief marketing officer. And primarily for me, what's been the biggest takeaway is the level of access that we've gotten from the podcast. We're pretty much able to get in touch with practically anyone now at this point. I've had the opportunity to interview, for example, like Andrew Gazdecki, who if you guys are familiar with microacquire.com, it's now acquire.com. Uh, he's the CEO of that company. Or if you guys have heard of GMAS, he's an agency owner turned software entrepreneur who has 1.5 million users on their software product, they actually reached out to us because they wanted to be on the show after hearing about us and everything. So 
that was a really cool experience as well. His name is AJ. And Lucas, so, I want to yeah. hop in because I think that you're hitting on something that I, I hopefully we don't glaze over because I think you, right. you talked about access. And yeah. I talked to someone today who their thing is they see the show as the product, right? The product mm-hmm. is what they're selling. You see the show as, as kind of a, a different thing in a way. Can you talk more about this whole access thing and how you leverage that access to actually turn into dollars? It's really good you're bringing this up because once I realized this is the way to do any kind of marketing, it sort of changed everything for our business. So I'll give you a little story of how I learned about this. And, and then I'll tell you about how I apply it to the podcast. So one of the interviews we did was actually with that company. I mentioned Scorpion, the CMO of that company. Uh, his name is Corey Quinn. He's a really cool guy. And he told me that the way they got business was they would do podcast interviews with attorneys who are their prospective market. And they wouldn't start off with a pitch. They do SEO. They wouldn't start off with the sales pitch when they reached out with people. They would instead say, Hey, I'd love to get you on our podcast and interview you. And then what ended up happening was that company ended up getting their prospects to know about them, to like them, and to trust them, which as we all know, is the three pillars of marketing. It's a much better way to meet prospects than if you just randomly call them and say, Hey, I'd love to sell you all my services. It's just not as salesy. People like you better. And it ends up being a much better introduction. You're also giving them something of value. So when I heard that from him, it, it totally changed my perspective on how to actually do business. And I realized after looking back at all of the good business decisions I might have made in the past, it actually always came from whenever we gave value on the front end. But whenever we tried to be too salesy, it usually backfired. And that's when I would decide those were sort of my bad decisions that I made in business. And so now all that we do is lead with value. And so I talk about access and I talk about getting clients from the people who are on the show. It's not a forced sales pitch. It's not a bait and switch. Literally, all we do is we give them value by having on the show. We're now in the top 5% of all podcasts globally, according to Spotify. And since they're on the show, they get a product from us and they're much more likely to want to ask us about what we do and want to work with us. We don't even have to push the sale on them or anything, but because they actually know about us now and they like us and they trust us, then they're more willing to actually work with us. And so that's why it's how we've been primarily able to scale now this year. And going forward, that's what we plan to do as well. We were able to get in the room with a lot of people, mainly because we had a business that already was doing well. So yes, we already had a company. We didn't have any followers, but we had a good story because we could say, hey, we have a scaled up agency and now we're documenting these other agencies. And so that was one definitely easy way to get it. The other thing is, yes, obviously, once, once you've built some traction, then it does make it easier to get the bigger guests. But I will say, and this is what a lot of people sort of miss with podcasts and where I kind of see the opportunity is... Podcasts are one of those channels right now where you don't necessarily know how big a podcast is when you go on the show because some podcasts have a lot of ratings, but a lot of them don't. We got into the top 5% of all podcasts and we only recently started to get any ratings. And to be honest, we don't have that many. I never really asked the audience to give us ratings. I was pretty happy to find out that we had a lot of five-star ratings, but it wasn't until recently, right? So we started to get thousands of people actually downloading it a month before we even had any ratings. So without the ratings, there really is no way for someone to know how big your podcast is. And they almost really never mention it or ask it from my experience. So the biggest person I was able to interview before these bigger ones that we have because of the following was doing like $54 million a year in revenue. So you can still get in touch with some really big companies before you start having to go for those 
major businesses, which do really want to see the unfollowing. But at the beginning, you can definitely get in touch with people who have 10 million, $50 million a year in revenue. That's, that's very doable. So I think it's a huge opportunity right now. Lucas, I think you might've mentioned it, that or I dreamed about our conversation, but you have a very specific like protocol in terms of turning the interview into some sort of sales opportunity, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, can you kind of walk yeah. through what, what those kind of basics are? Because I think they're super easy, but also like super impactful. Yeah, hundred percent. What I'll do actually, if anybody wants to dive deep on this, I'm going to share we have these uh, this free training on our on our website. If you go to this link, you can find a couple of different blogs on podcasts. And there's one specifically, which I will send, which is called Podcast Conversion Script. And I wrote this and it specifically lines out minute by minute how you go through every single minute of the podcast to get them to convert into some sort of achievable outcome. So for some people, that could be a demo. For other people, let's say they're launching a software, it could be getting them on a wait list. There's a lot of different ways you can convert them. But the idea is after the podcast is done. And, and for me, I usually try to do podcasts that are 15 to 20 minutes long. I don't try to do long podcasts. I, I call them like, you know, breakfast pods or, or coffee pods where the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee is the time it should be to record the episode. And then after that, the next 30 minutes is actually just getting to know them. And the way that I get them to a sales, I just simply ask them, Hey, do you actually know what it is that we do? We do. Have you heard about us or anything? I know you're on the pod, but like, do you actually know what our business does? And a lot of the times they'll say, I kind of do, but I'd be open to hearing more. And then at that point, I hit them with another offer, which is a freebie. And I'll say something like, Hey, this is totally optional, but our business actually gets a million views a year to our brand over a million views a year. We're doing this training where I can just show you how we do it. Are you interested in learning more? Right? And then I can measure how many people say yes. And you'll notice that if you take the rate of people that opt into a cold sales pitch, let's say it's like one in a hundred or one in a thousand to some salesy outbound offer. Let's say you then lead with a podcast instead and you get, let's say 10% of people to opt in on a list of a hundred. If 50% of those people that opt in at the, at the list of a hundred for the podcast, and then 50% of those 10 opt into the sales pitch. Now you have five out of a hundred, which is 5% opt-in rate on a list of 100 as opposed to some random spam that might be like one in 100 or one in 1,000 people saying yes, which is what most businesses do. I'm a marketer. I know what you're talking about. But for the people who are not the salesy, what you're saying is you're inviting people in with a podcast interview, which is way more inviting than just any other sales thing. And then you're actually offering something of value on the back end of that to make it even easier, right? Even more accessible. So that way, yeah. by the end of those, by the end of those two steps, you already have someone who's kind of willing and open for whatever you're going to offer them. Yeah. Once you realize that most businesses, including probably your own, because I was in this category too, really just send spam like if we're being honest, it's just spamming people. It'll change everything for you because all you have to do is just not send spam and you can actually get them on the calls with you. You've got to build a relationship first. You got to do demand generation first before actually trying to get them on a sales call. It's like if you walk into a party and you just start handing everyone out your business card, it's very unlikely anyone's going to be interested. But if you go into a party, you pick a bunch of really good brownies. They, they know you as the brownie guy. They want more brownies. They're probably going to want to talk to you and you'll have a lot more fun, right? So that's the way I look at it is it's a different change than I guess how most businesses think of sales. So you also approached the interview in a really unique way in a, in a different way than I had suggested actually, which I think is great. 
Can you talk about how you like try and really elevate the the guests or try and elevate the person and what you yeah. see that that does? hundred percent. So this is another principle that I try to live by, which I think everyone should hopefully aspire to as well, which is your business will only ever grow past like $2 million in revenue a year, which is kind of where we're at now. It'll only ever grow past that point if you go viral. And I don't mean viral as in getting millions of views on a video. I mean, viral in your network or whatever drives sales, right? And if you think about it, the cool thing about a podcast is it one is a great lead magnet, and it probably will be for the next five years at minimum until until we hit a point where everyone's offering businesses to come on a show for a podcast and they eventually realize that while there is no catch formally, there is definitely a way for that person to get business. They'll probably start rejecting it at some point. But for now, everyone is saying yes. They really everyone wants to be on a podcast. It's really hot right now, right? So it's going to be this way for like the next five years. But it's a great lead magnet. And if you add in to your calendar, which if you go to another one of the articles that are on the website, I have why you should start a podcast. And it shows screenshots of my Calendly and exactly the questions that I asked them. And one of the questions I ask is at the end of the podcast, are you open to sharing this with your network, right? So then that drives more visitors to your website and it helps you go viral. So you actually have like a viral mechanism in your business. So not only does it get you business, but it helps you get more business. And at the end, you can also ask them, do you know anybody who also would like to be on the show who's in a similar business as you? And then now you have another guest and another potential sales call and another relationship you can build. So yes, I think in terms of answering your question about virality and how you can actually go about making the guest look good, you need to do a really good job at amping them up and, and making them look like an amazing company in a genuine way by highlighting the greatest parts of their story so that they're more likely to share. No one wants to share an interrogation, right? No one wants to share like how one company miserably failed at growing their business. Nobody wants to share that. They want to share how this company is changing the world and you highlight the best parts because this isn't a journalist. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah, yeah, unless obviously your angle is to like do journalism, which is not what my podcast is for. I'm not, I, I never tell anyone this is a journalistic thing. I say, we're just documenting stories of people. That's it. Unless you have like a journalistic angle and you should be true to that journalistic angle, obviously don't like purposely amp someone up who you need to be more critical about, obviously. But if it's just to share stories, right? And that's all the podcast is for, then do your best to actually make them look as good as possible, right? All we're talking about is how to scale an agency. So it's not like really intense subjects or anything that requires hardcore journalism. It's just sharing their business, right? So yeah, this is great, guys. Hey guys, hope that you enjoyed that interview or enjoyed that lesson really. And what I would encourage you to do is to take action. Look over your notes, review the audio, listen to it again, and do one thing, at least one thing, and let us know. If you got some value from today, we'd love a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if there's someone else who's trying to grow their show, someone else who wants to have a successful podcast, send them this episode and let's do it together. Thanks as always for being part of the fam. We'll see you in the next one.